This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. A long-awaited paper titled Processors to Promise by Professor Andy Neely looks at the way in which complex service providers use business model innovation to deliver sustainable growth. Fellow in Business Performance Measurement and Management at Cambridge Judge Business School, Professor Neely maps out a dozen key issues that should be considered. They fall into three different subheadings, value propositions, value delivery and accountability spread. He is also director of the Cambridge Service Alliance and says the research findings are important for senior executives of complex service providers and particularly relevant for policymakers learning more about the shift towards complex services. What we see happening in lots of sectors of the economy is uh, some quite interesting innovation around uh, particularly service and service business models. So in the manufacturing sector, we see many firms saying, actually, we can't compete by just selling products. We better sell the service that goes with the product. Um, in, the, in the service sector, the more traditional service sector, uh, we see organisations that are saying, actually, can we use technology to uh, en- enable us to come up with new innovations, new types of services that we couldn't previously offer? So let me give you a real example. Um, you take something like the iPhone. You know, actually, the iPhone has revolutionised uh, the music industry in terms of uh, the way that music is accessed, the way it's distributed, the way it's paid for. It's changed the way that we can interact with uh, this catalogue of music. Now, I can buy singles. I can create my own albums in a way that previously was just not feasible. So. There's some really interesting innovations that firms are coming up with and saying, how can I use technology? How can I change the way I offer service to create more value for the customer, but actually to do so efficiently and therefore to become a more successful organisation? You come up with 12 conclusions, 12 steps to success. Prioritise those. Which, which is the most important of the 12? So I think the first thing that we see is the importance of understanding the value proposition uh, that you're offering. And, and what's very clear from the firms that we looked at and this is a wide range of firms, some manufacturing firms, some uh, public sector firms, some more traditional service firms. What we see is firms are being very clear about their value proposition. So they're saying increasingly, uh, we care about um, increasing uh, the the size of the value proposition, if you like. Uh, So we will take more responsibility for delivering things to our customers, delivering outcomes to our customers. Uh, We might do that by, A, um, just increasing the size, being accountable for more. We might do it by increasing the length over which we contract. So we'll say, rather than delivering a service to you for a year, we'll do it for five years. Uh, Or we might do it by increasing the complexity of the service. So the first thing that firms are doing is they're saying, actually, let's be really clear about what we can deliver that is of value to our customers and how, uh, by increasing the size of that value proposition, we effectively increase or grow our own business. The second thing is then firms of thinking very carefully about, and if we're accountable for that value proposition, which bits of this do we need to deliver, and which bits of it should we encourage or allow others to deliver? So how do we create an ecosystem, a network of organisations that collaboratively bring the right skills, the right capabilities together to deliver good value to the client, and actually build on the skills of those different organisations. So if you like, the lead firm says, we're accountable ultimately for delivery, but that doesn't mean we need to do everything ourselves. So how do I get the right partners together? And I think the third thing, having thought about how you design the ecosystem, 
The third thing is then understanding the risk implication of that. Because, of course, if I say to people, I'm going to take accountability for delivering this broad set of activities or these outcomes, I'm going to involve partners in delivering the underlying activities that allow the outcomes to be delivered, then I, as the lead firm, become more exposed to failings in those other organisations. I'm exposed to new risks. And so I have to find ways of managing that risk because otherwise, ultimately, it's me that gets it in the neck. If it goes wrong, I'm the lead firm, the customer holds me to account. So I have to manage the risk quite carefully. And so we talk about accountability spread as the idea of increasing your accountability, but then spreading um, the risk, if you like, across your ecosystem. Of the firms that took part in your research, were you surprised to find that they weren't already implementing some of the stuff that you've, you've uh, highlighted? So in some cases they were. I mean, in some cases they were, they were thinking about this. But I th- one of the, the interesting bits, um, and the thing that makes the, uh, this particular work interesting, is the, the, the role that technology plays. So what's happened in recent years is we are able to offer services in new ways because of some of the underpinning and particularly computing technologies. So if you take something like the iStore, for example, the iStore's changed the way that music is delivered to people now. Um, I can access the iStore as a customer. It's dead easy. I log on, I go and uh, access it, I download the music I want, uh, stick it onto my computer or my iPad, um, and off I go, play the songs. That wasn't feasible before the technology was in place, the the IT infrastructure, the internet, uh, the right payment mechanisms, etc. And what we're particularly interested in in our study is the, if you like, the underpinning complex service infrastructure. So as a consumer, using the iStore is dead easy. But actually underpinning that is a quite complex service system involving banks uh, and exchange of money, involving uh, music and exchange of rights to access music, uh, platforms, the iPhone itself actually holding the, the music, the digital imagery, the software, etc. There's quite a complex ecosystem that comes together to make that service feasible. And the thing that we've been interested in studying is how those ecosystems both come about, how they evolve, and who captures the value that they create. Um, and that, for us, is the heart of business model innovation. Are you saying, within this, that the traditional service provider, the days are limited? I think the traditional service provider... Uh, needs to think very carefully about where their future lies. So there are some services, there are some commodity services um, that actually uh, will continue to need. You know, we're always going to need haircuts. We're always going to need funeral parlours. There are some services that society will always want. What we see, though, is in in many cases, people being really quite thoughtful about how they uh, deliver those services. So a good example, one of the organisations we studied uh, was a, was a, effectively a, a, an organisation that provides service to local councils. And they had got the contract originally to uh, maintain roads, so to repair potholes. Relatively simple service, uh, goes out, they, they get told where the holes are, they go out, send some people, uh, repair the pothole, everyone's happy. Because they built a good relationship with the council and because the council trusted them to d- deliver the service, when the council was looking for... Um, a new contractor to do the refuse collection, this firm bid, and they got the contract for uh, refuse collection as well. Again, a, a relatively simple service. But the smart thing, or the interesting thing, was they then started installing cameras on the, uh, the dustbin lorries. So as they were driving around the country, or driving around the region, they could photograph the roads. They could then analyse the photos, the images, look for cracks in the road, and send out people 
to repair the cracks in the road when they were just cracks rather than when the full pothole had appeared. So they're more efficient, they cost the council less, uh, they're actually then providing really valuable intelligence to the council about the state of the roads in the, in the county, in the location. So they suddenly become quite a valuable service provider to the council and they've built that, that, if you like, that value based on initially some relatively simple services but then looking for ways in which they can make those services more sophisticated. So that is your ideal business model innovation? Absolutely, it's a classic case of thinking well actually what would what are the outcomes that my customer would value how do I codify that how's how do I describe what I could deliver to them to, to create value for the customer and then how do I build the capability either in my own organization or in the ecosystem to allow us to deliver that value and how do I manage the risk that's inherent in that and if you can package that together uh, you can develop some very successful service business models. It seems that one of the key players or the key roles in all of this is that the service provider has got to clearly understand what it is the customer wants. Absolutely. And in fact, that's one of the that's also one of the biggest risks that people face. So it's in some of the uh, organisations we looked at, there was a risk that they uh, didn't understand the complexity of the service that their end customer was delivering. And then they would overcommit. So they'd overpromise. They'd say, "We will take. A, we will. We'll be accountable for delivering this service for you in the future." Not understanding the full complexity of that end service, and of course that then creates chaos because you uh, end up having to deliver a much more complex service. It's much more costly for you to do that, uh, and therefore it can be quite problematic for the organisation. So being clear about the customer and the service that they're delivering and the complexity of that service is fundamental when you start to get into these contracts. Your research is aimed at all sorts of people, all sorts of businesses. How quickly do you think it's going to be taken up and implemented? Uh, Well, I think it'll be taken up pretty quickly by organisations. This research was supported by um, the Cambridge Service Alliance, and the Cambridge Service Alliance is in turn funded by BAE Systems and IBM. And in fact, we work very closely with both of those organisations throughout the research. So the Service Alliance brings together people from the Judge Business School at the University of Cambridge, uh, the Institute for Manufacturing, Uh, but working closely with representatives from firms to understand really quite practical problems around these complex services that we're seeing emerge. So in this case, both BAE Systems and IBM are already looking at ways of exploiting this research internally and indeed uh, with their customers and their clients. So I think it will get picked up quickly. Uh, We also talk about it publicly, and one of the things we try to do is if you like, package it in a way that organisations and managers can pick up the ideas and say, yeah, I can think differently about my business model and how we innovate my organisation's business model on the back of this research. Professor Neely, thank you very much. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.